In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 121st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this one, Do You Trust the Falcons to Pick the Right Lineman at 14? Offensive Lineman at 14. We'll get into that. We got five players on the Falcons' radar screen. We got the final mock draft with some holes in it sitting right in front of us here. We'll have that posted later today. And then we're going to look at the Falcons' draft options. And hear from... Coach Dan Quinn, General Manager Thomas Dimitrov, tight end Austin Hooper, and linebacker Devondre Campbell. We're going to post this story here later today. Oh, Before we get going, we just want to welcome new Falcons PR exec Dave Bassity to town. He came in on the 22nd and started working here the first week on the draft, and we wish him well. Let's move on to the five players on the Falcons' radar screen. It's a working list with moving targets, but right now we have uh, Greedy Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Christian, yeah, Wilkins, Cody Ford, the offensive lineman, and Jonah Williams, the offensive lineman. Uh, You know, information started coming over the weekend. We got a couple. Spots here in the mock set, uh, which, you know, some of these guys, uh, Jonah Williams may go to Buffalo, which might take him out of play. We got Cody Ford available in most of the information we have. Christian Wilkins could go to Green Bay, so he might not be available. Uh, That's where uh, a trade up comes in. And uh, Dexter Lawrence should be available, and so will Greedy Williams at 14. So I got people that are definitely going to be available on our list here moving forward. Um, you know, Greedy's a cornerback from LSU, athletic, speed guy, covers, uh, but doesn't tackle. So that's a problem. Is he really a fit in the cover three? Uh, you know, we got to make that decision there. Certainly uh, elite speed and, you know, with the faster receivers in the league and uh, you can't really just, uh, you got to you know, be able to match at some point and, uh, you know, adding speed uh, for now and down the road makes sense to me. Dexter Lawrence, just a big, massive kid, 340. You worry about kids coming out at 340 because once they get a little pocket change, you know, uh, that 340 can go up, and uh, that could be bad. But, I mean, I'm sure they've done their background search on him uh, and his steroid issue that got him kicked out of the playoffs. Now, Christian Wilkinson is the athletic one, the disruptor uh, from the Clemson uh, group of linemen. 
And, uh, you know, the only thing they, they, uh, only bad thing on him is he, you know, he makes plays and, but sometimes he gets washed in the run game, according to our good friend Daniel Jeremiah at the NFL Network. Cody Ford's massive, big guy. Um, like I said, 340. You know, you know he can balloon up. He's, you know, I don't like, I don't like these kids being this big that young. I'd rather them add it on later uh, than take it off. Uh, Jonah Williams, the steady starter for Alabama, uh, you know, started right away as a freshman, uh, surefire, longtime NFL prospect in a whole lot of people's mind, but. I'm thinking they're going, um, you know, we got three options here. And, um, you know, one of them involves the Falcons drafting the offensive lineman at 14. And I don't really trust them drafting offensive linemen. I prefer they go in another direction because they can hit there. Uh, they've shown they can hit at the other spots. They haven't shown uh, under general manager Thomas Dimitrov that they can pick offensive linemen. And I, I just retweeted the link on the history of the offensive lineman picks. Uh, you know, Jake Matthews and Sam Baker were the best two. And, uh, you know, those are two, uh, you know, they were two very good tackles. You know, Jake's been in the league, got his contract, hasn't made the Pro Bowl, and uh, you can make a plausible argument that they picked the wrong tackle that year. Uh, Taylor Lewan was still on the board. He had some baggage coming out of Michigan, but uh, he's been to the Pro Bowl already. So, you know, Jake is stepping up and still get there, uh, but he's uh, he's been a very good pro. So their best pick has been a very good guy, uh, not a great guy. And the the issue is at 14, hey, if you take one of these linemen, can you get Quentin? Are you getting the next Quentin Nelson? And and I don't think so. Uh, But, you know, it would make total sense for them to go linemen there at 14. But I don't trust them, and that's probably why I'm sticking with Greedy Williams in my mock, even though I kind of know that's not – the best pick and uh, my second pick would be Dexter Lawrence uh, just because I could see him playing right away and having an impact here early on in his career long have long-term concerns you know the steroids are a red flag and you know the weight at a young age to me is a red flag I mean he might just get you know bigger um, you know so they got to figure out if he's going to keep working for the next you know five to eight years uh, to keep his uh, self and physical condition. Uh, I think Wilkins is gone. Cody Ford could be the pick, and I think John Williams could be gone. So as long as I got him and my five players on the radar on Sunday or on Saturday, Thursday night, I'm good. But options starting to hear. You know you don't even have to hear much, just a little bit, about the Falcons trying to trade up. They've traded up 10 times in uh, drafts under Dimitrov out of 14 trades, four times in the first round. That's 40% chance of them trading up. So, trade-up partners, three is too high. We looked at that over the weekend. Uh, getting up to the Jets would would be uh, would knock them out of this draft altogether. They just have... Uh, you know, they're five, the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders, and, you know, they're just throwing darts at the board at that point. Uh, eight makes more sense, and I think at eight, you got to try to, yeah, that would get them in front of Green Bay and give them Wilkins. So if you go up to eight, you're going up to get Wilkins. If you're going up to three, you're going up to get Oliver. 
I don't think they're going up to three. They they need too much to to give up all that here. Uh, but they really like him. If he starts get if he gets past the Jets, wow, he might he might can get up to. Ooh, there there isn't any talking there. He won't. He if he gets past the Jets, he's certainly not getting past Detroit. So if he gets to um, seven or eight, you know those are two soft spots for the Falcons. Jets, they don't deal with McCagnin much. Jacksonville, David Caldwell's there, relationship. Eight, Detroit, Bob Quinn, their relationship. Those are the two spots to look at for a trade. If uh, somebody is slipping, I'm only thinking, I'm only trading up for Oliver and maybe Wilkins. So there we go with that. Uh, But I got Will, if they don't, Wilkins is going to Green Bay. And uh, my, our, our mock here, that'll, the final mock, we're still working through it. Um, got Kyler, Bosa, Oliver to the Jets, Quinn to the Raiders, uh, White to Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, we got Steve Weish out in Arizona. And, uh, you know, they're throwing the Josh Rosen smoke screens out there. But uh, our boy Ken Summers didn't pick him in his uh, mock draft. He's the fine columnist out there. And if Kyler drops, he doesn't get past Oakland. Uh, Gruden's a big fan and, uh, you know, told the family that he wouldn't get past him at the combine. I mean, that could have changed by now, but if he drops, he's not dropping past Oakland. So then we got Devin White going to Tampa, Bush going to Cincinnati, Devin Bush, and we're still working through or getting information on uh, Jawan Taylor to Jacksonville, possible trade back. They think they can get him at um, the Falcon spot at 14. Uh, Detroit, Buffalo, Denver, I think I got Jonah Williams going to Buffalo. Was hearing that over the weekend. And um, Denver and Detroit are still in play. Locke could be going to to Denver or Haskins. Uh, I got Haskins going to Miami right now. So, uh, those are the options. Trade up for Oliver, draft an O-line, or get the uh, best player available. Now, um, they might not take Greedy Williams, uh, but they talked about the speed and uh, the Passing league being uh, the league being so much sixty uh, percent passing, and you can't match the speed, and you got to match some receiver size, and I just think that's a bunch of talk for uh, you know uh, uh, how you got to approach the secondary here. So we have some uh, some footage here from Coach. Dan Quinn and General Manager Thomas Dimitrov talking about the cornerback position. Get this audio going here. All right, hold on just a second for me. And, um, it is definitely um, something that we always kind of keep your eye on. So there are certain spots um, based on the amount of passing that the league is in. It's over 60%. So uh, rushers and corners, um, those are always at the front of your thinking. And you better keep thinking that way because uh, you've seen some of the speed of the receivers. You've seen some of the size of the receivers. And uh, what you oftentimes think about is who would match up and guard different styles of players. When you're playing a zone defense, um, you know, you're not obviously playing man-to-man where you're, the same things happen. You're not 
you know, in the guy's face when you're playing man-to-man, it, you're, you're following this guy all over the field. And so even as you're going through the draft, you try to look at who would excel in certain things. It'd be awesome if everybody was ideal in everything, but you try to feature the players in the best ways, and there are some good corners um, in this draft as well. What about and, uh, Rob? And that's not just uh, the feed off Jeff Early. That's not the uh, What about the local kid, Rob Yassin, who's a wrestler, yeah. Presbyterian, just a great story yeah. coming into this draft? You hear a lot of uh, corners uh, who were state champions wrestling. <laughs> and uh, such an unusual um, background. You've heard some. Certainly through the year, he was a state champion, you know, sprinter. He was, uh, you know, point guard. But to hear that kind of toughness and the, you know, physicality that he has, and meeting him, what an impressive guy, uh, mm-hmm. and what he's done in a short time. To say that Temple knew what they were taking on a year ago, uh, I would say, yeah, we knew all along, like not so fast, you know. But I would say, what a good opportunity for him to take advantage of that and to say, hey, I'm going to really go for it and apply it. And so he kind of just kept getting better and better. Um, as it went, so um, definitely um, a prospect um, who's showing on tape that uh, he's going to be able to handle some good jobs in the NFL. I think that, that group, by the way, it's not a really fast group, generally speaking. Of course, there are some fast players, and there's a really fast group of receivers this year. So Dan and I, Dan and I have spent a lot of time talking about that. You know, how, how are, how's that going to play out? That said, there are some really good corners. Just because their times might have been in the four or fives doesn't mean that they're not... That was Thomas Dimitrov talking about uh, and Dan Quinn on the cornerbacks in the draft. So we, uh, you know, we know they're gonna ter- they're gonna draft a corner. It's just a matter of when. Uh, they do. They they were scouting a lot of big corners, so they're they're worried about Mike Evans and guys like that around the league. Um, you know, and uh, matching up with the smaller slot guys. Teams been able to get after him. That's why Brian Poole's no longer here. His little bit of tight end Austin Hooper. It's time to get back in the building and uh, see everybody and. Uh... You know, kind of talk lightly about our, our goals and our expectations that are coming this year. And, uh, you know, just getting back into it, trying to, you know, beginning to put in the work it takes to uh, get to where we want to be. How's your approach to the offseason? Has it changed at all now that you're going into your fourth season as opposed to where it has been maybe the past couple of off seasons? Yeah, absolutely. You just kind of, you know, through trial and error or experience or however, you just kind of, Understand how to allocate your time better. Understand that you don't need necessarily train like a, you know two weeks after the season. You actually let your body heal for a little bit, and then when you're ready, then you go hard, not just constantly train and you know not give your body as much rest as it needs. So, you know, just like anything else, the more times you do it, the better you'll get at it. Austin, how have, uh, how was the early interaction with Mike Malarkey, Don Weather? Have you had a chance to speak with him? Yeah, it was uh, really positive. He kind of outlined, uh, you know, his expectations for uh, you know me individually, uh, our tight end uh, group collectively, and uh, you know I, I'm just excited to learn from him. I mean, he brings you know two, three decades worth of experience in the National Football League. So I mean, is is a player and a coach. So I'm just going to try to be a sponge and uh, absorb as much as I can. Austin Hooper, the tight end, went to the Pro Bowl last year. Here's linebacker Devondre Campbell. How you doing, Devondre? Hey, Devondre. I'm good, man. How y'all doing? Oh, doing pretty good. Um, 
Hey, just uh, turn the page. The off-season program. What's uh, you know, what where are you at? And how are you feeling about things that are gotten uh, underway so far? Well, it feels good just to be back around the fellas, man. You know, it's been a pretty long off-season, longer than I'm used to. So it just feels good to be able to get back and get started and get things going again. What did you learn from this past season uh, that can help you grow as a player from not having? You know, Dion out there next to you and, and kind of being the veteran in the linebacker group for the first half of the season? Uh, the biggest thing I learned is, you know, you can't take anything for granted in this league. It's a year-to-year basis, and you know, like, you can't come in expecting to have the same results that you had in past years if you were successful. Every year you have to, you have to learn and grow and just continue to get better and better. And Foye seems to improve as his rookie season progressed, what did you what did you see in his growth, and, and what have you seen so far this offseason? Um, Foye is really smart, man. Like he's a, a really intelligent individual, so I knew he'd grow really quick. Uh, I think he just really has to to continue to adjust to the speed of the game. You know, coming from Yale, that's a huge jump, and uh, I, 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 I I see him make strides already. You know, this off season, just from a, a mental and a physical perspective. Like I think he's learned from his mistakes, and you know, it's my job and our coaching staff's job to just continue to help him build and get better. Devondre Campbell talking about his off season and Fourier's uh, development. Yeah, Devondre's. Uh, Good guy there. Played with my little cousins, Isaiah Ledbetter and Jeremiah in junior college. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah's with Tampa last year. Uh, Isaiah was uh, staying with me here this summer. He's uh, acting. He's got a role in uh, the Bad Boys 2 movie. So uh, he's good friends with Devondre, who's always been great to the media. Got a, a little, you know, he's uh, been a good guy since he's been here. Good luck to him. I really like that linebacking crew. You ain't really got to get another linebacker. Um, you know, phew, uh, man, uh, Fourier, Devondre, and Dion. You keep them guys healthy. You're going to be doing something. Bruce Carter's a solid backup. Uh, and Duke can help you on special teams. Uh, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe it'll, the light goes off for him too. So he's a good kid. Hopefully, keeps grinding. Um, but uh, yeah, that linebacker group's looking pretty good. I don't think you got to draft the linebacker there. You just, but uh, some people will come in. You never know. You need depth everywhere. So we're getting ready to finish off here with the 121st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We thank you all for listening. Do you trust the Falcons to pick the right offensive lineman at 14? Wow. Uh, Hopefully they get it right. I do think they're going offensive lineman, but I don't trust them to get the right guy. Uh, maybe it's Cody Ford, that high, uh, Kyle McGarry, uh, Dillard, I don't know, but, uh, you know, uh, I would, I'm taking Greedy Williams, I'm gonna stay with him in my mock draft for now, uh, I'm, I've been thinking about changing, but the only thing that makes sense is Dexter Lawrence, and, uh, you know, I'm just worried about, I don't know how they view him, but, uh, you know, 340, a uh, massive guy. If you're going to make a mistake, make it big. With that, we're out of here.
Get ready for the draft. Come to AJC.com for all of your draft stories and the draft boards out there. The five-part series is done. All we have left is the five players on the radar that will get ready for the draft tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Falcons will be on the clock about 10.20. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.